0: Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode 119. Here I go again. On my own. Down the only road I've ever known. (laughs) After all this, it's been in my head Uh over and over again. Uh But then as soon as you started it, I just completely blanked and none of the words would come to me. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if it's the microphone in front of me or it what. Could be. But it could be. Yeah. And also, c- I think I was really focused on the fact that I said one nineteen correctly, and I was like, "This is the last time we have to do that." So yeah, you're right. I did yeah. not
1: give enough attention to that. I went yeah, you didn't. Right it. to the white snake. Right lyrics. past it. Right past the fact that you nailed one nineteen. You Thank said you. not today numbers. Not today, not today numbers.
0: Today. I got you. I got you. But now we can return back to David Coverdale and Tawny Katayan
1: In White Snake.
0: Yeah. Here I go again. Yeah. Why did you pick this one, Erin?
1: Well, you know, it seems like such a great anthem for solo adventures. Relying on yourself. Here I go again on my own. No one's surprised. I just got to do everything, right? (laughs) I mean, it's kind of like the passive-aggressive Midwest song. Yeah, it really is. You're
0: right. (sighs) Went down the only road I've ever known. Right, like none of you guys are going to help me, so here I go. Make this
1: potato salad by myself.
0: (laughs) Here I go again. This damn snicker salad won't make itself, so (laughs) I'm going to do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes uh-huh uh-huh yep
0: yeah 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 i like it
1: uh-huh that is kind of what it you know
0: gotta set so up th- this whole
1: backyard barbecue <laughs> coordinated tablecloth and napkins here i go again cleaning up
0: after you all which i'm sure is what white snake meant when they I'm wrote sure this exactly 1987 <laughs> a band of guys uh-huh. was thinking about that They're and, like you know what we yeah. need right an anthem for those
1: put-upon housewives <laughs>
0: Putting together the barbecues, which is why they had Tawny Katan throwing her hair beautifully on the car or on the hood of a car. Yeah, yeah, it all fits.
1: I think that they wrote it, and then they went to their record label, and the record label was like, "Well, we need to spice it up in the video because yeah. no one really wants the anthem that you wrote."
0: Right, no one wants the passive aggressive right. masterpiece. And they were
1: like, "Fine, if that's what you have to do to sell records, <laughs> but we know deep down,
0: <laughs> it's for all we you, are not enjoying this." Yeah,
1: casserole eaten types. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never viewed this song through that lens, but you you, you got something there, I yeah. think. Yeah.
1: But really, for a theme, yeah. it's really just about relying on yourself. Sure is. Going off on your own. Yeah. Doing your own thing. Doing your own thing. Which brings up a lot of interesting discussions about yeah. different things you do on your own yeah. or with
0: groups. Yeah.
1: One that I'm particularly interested in knowing about. Okay. Yeah. Because you have much more experience of this than I do. Okay. Is traveling by yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I want to know the best part and the worst part of traveling by yourself.
0: Okay, well, I'm thinking specifically of a trip that I took to Scotland by myself Mm -hmm. in 2015, and I spent a week there. And the best part was being able to make my own schedule, do whatever I wanted to do. The world was my oyster. (laughs) I could spend as many days in as many places as I wanted. Uh I could find a way to Uh go to all of these things on my own. Uh And it was great. And then when I decided you know what? It's been four full days. I'm tired. I'm going to stay in my hotel and watch British reality TV. Yeah. And I did. Yeah, you did. And it was glorious. Yeah, you did. Now, the... The offside of this, the bad part, is that when something goes wrong, I can only blame myself. Oh (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah. For example, shoot,
0: yeah. I was in a small town called Sterling, and Mm -hmm. outside of it is a monument or a memorial to uh, Robert the Bruce. Okay. And if you've seen Braveheart, you know this story. Like you know, he's a freedom fighter, whatever. And there was a big, huge, like building out in the middle of nowhere where once you climb to the top of this massive tower, you can see all of these battlegrounds that they fought on. Yeah. And it was a really cool tower and excellent, except, Had to take a bus for a long time to get there, and then I thought I had the schedule figured out, but when it was time to leave, I ended up sitting on the side of a road in the middle of nowhere for a good hour, like, just waiting, and as time went on, getting more and more anxious, like, if this bus doesn't come, if I'm totally wrong, what am I gonna do? I can't just walk through the Scottish countryside. I don't know where I am. Thankfully, around that time, I was really winding myself up. The bus came. Oh, good. Okay. And it was fine, but... There were moments like that where I was like, "I don't, I don't yeah, have, yeah. No one can talk me down right now." First off, right?
1: Yeah, no one can talk me down. No one can help with the solution, yeah. and no one's just there to point the finger at, which sometimes is all you need. Exactly. You just need a scapegoat.
0: Yeah, and so in that moment, I would have wanted an entire group of people with me so I could blame them. No other moments of the trip did I, mm, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. a great trip because of that.
1: Yeah, I think that the be- the good outweighs the bad in that scenario. Yeah, right. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I got uh-huh. to see things that only I was interested in.
1: And Which, it was great. Yeah, that's a big, that's a yeah. chunk right there. And doing it on your own time. Like maybe you want to get up in the morning and do it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you want to do it later. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about when everyone else is hungry
0: or... I will say it took me a while to get into that mode because there was a lot of like, you know how much we tell ourselves we should do things. Mm -hmm. In every element of our lives, we tell ourselves that. So even when I'm on goddamn vacation, I have this voice in my head like, oh, I got to get up and I should do this and I should go there and I should do this and I should do this. Even though I had limited time, Uh limited resources, Uh there was still that voice. So it took me a while to get into a mode where I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch British Law and Order. And see what it's all about. And what it's all about is lawyers with wigs doing law it. and order. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was a good decision. Yeah. I, I like would have it. never seen British law and order if I hadn't done no, that. No, I can't think of a time that that would have come up <laughs> at all. It was a very interesting, uh, I didn't even know that existed. It does. It does. It does. And it was glorious.
1: I feel like um, before we go on, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, but just for, just for everyone's sake... I, I, the vid doesn't got me. I got a terrible allergy attack going on. <laughs> so I'm, I sound terrible. You might hear sniffling. You might hear coughing. I am up to my eyeballs and allergies. Yeah. Pollen and, is doing a number. And why is that, Erin? Well, I made a stupid... Yeah. business decision had yeah. to sit outside at a golf outing for a whole day in yeah. grass and tree like everything that I'm terribly allergic to uh-huh, and uh-huh. then it was dry and windy so it was really mm-hmm. perfect conditions to take me down yeah and, and it I, took you down and I embraced
0: it apparently. <laughs> yeah
1: I just wanted that to be clear so everyone's not like oh my god
0: you know what I just remembered is in our early days when you had an allergy pill and then you also had some wine <laughs> And about three quarters of the way through an episode, you're like, I think I'm high as hell. <laughs> yeah. And that's why
1: I'm feeling this. Yeah. Like it was. Because I cause remember that episode, I could not speak. I was yeah. like, I don't know what the
0: words are. <laughs> and then at some moment, there was just a look on your face like, oh, I
1: oh, get it. Oh, why. my God. Because I feel weird. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So. I don't know. It was one of our hot best tips For the
1: teens a Benadryl and wine, will do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't have to go sniff and glue. No,
1: you have some Benadryl. No, a wine stay cooler. away from those keyboard cleaners. <laughs> you don't need to huff. You need good old Benadryl.
0: Well, Erin, I got a question for you. Yes. So if we're thinking about solo doing things on your yeah. own, one thing, especially for you and me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: academic nerds, you might say, sure. People that you know really got into school. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of group projects in school. Yes. Just saying the word makes my blood turn cold. Uh huh. But I want to know, do you have a story or memory from when a group project didn't go well? I do. Um,
1: and this one, I'm, I have many where I was on the crap end of that, like I did all the mm-hmm. work. But I'm going to tell you a story of a time that I got saved by someone else Ooh. in a group project situation. And I this shouldn't, maybe it does come as a surprise, based on what I do now. But I was terrible at chemistry in high school. I I cared very little for the subject. I spent no time doing it. I took it as a senior, and it was mostly a junior class. Um, I had a rough case of senioritis second semester. I was not doing well. I was not doing well. Um, And my teacher was very kind and saw exactly what was happening. And we had a group project where we had to make a product and then, like, sell it was the idea. But she had to use chemistry to figure out how to make the project. Like, I think we were making soap. I think that's what our group decided on. But he put me with this person who immediately I was like, seriously? Because he was the most OCD Like, I'm competing for higher than a 4.0 in my class, first in my class. Mm -hmm. I'm getting this guy. and Nice guy. Like, people liked him, but just that guy, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, why would you put me in his group? (laughs) Why would you do that? And immediately, the first minute that we're in the group together, this is what he says. He turns to me and says, you can shave the crayons for the color, and that is it.
0: What? Yeah.
1: Now, that sounds horribly harsh right now. Keep in mind, he sat right next to me in chemistry. So I think he had okay. a good idea that I was doing nothing and had learned nothing. He
0: saw your lack of interest. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he was
1: like, give her a job right out of the gate. Yeah. She can shave the crayons for the color. And that is it. I don't want you to touch anything else. Mm-hmm. And I, But of course, 17-year-old indignant Aaron was like, mm-hmm. how dare you? How very dare you? <laughs> <laughs> for no good reason. I got You're no right. chemistry in my belt. So I marched right over to the teacher. And oh. I said, why would you put me in his group? Oh, Why would you put me in someone else's group? And he said, and I quote, Aaron, when you see a gift, you take it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, right, right. He's gonna prevent me from failing because we're gonna kill it on this group project. And he's like, ding, ding, ding. That's why you're in this group, shave the crayons. If that's what he wants you to do, you shave the crayons. And I did. From that moment forward, I was his little soap soldier. I did whatever he wanted Mm -hmm. to perfection.
0: And did you get the the grade? Oh again? yeah, we yeah.
1: yeah. He was to his credit; he's very good at chemistry. Well, there you go. We had the best looking, smelling, and useful soap that there was.
0: Excellent. Do you think? I have two follow up questions. One: Do you think the teacher was then turning around and selling that soap to people? Like I on hope a, so. Yeah, I hope so. Getting some income for yeah. that teacher.
1: And I remember another argument we had in the group because he spent no time on like the commercial or marketing part, and I was like, "Aren't we supposed to like write a brochure, do all this other stuff?" And he was like. No, the important part's the soap. If the soap's good, the rest is going to be fine. And I was like, I don't know. Because that's how far I like. Good job. You effectively looked at the uh, experiment and said, no, this is the part we have to nail, which mm-hmm. was correct. It uh-huh. was worth like 90% of the grade. Right. Because was it was in fact about the chemistry 10%. And, 10%. Yeah. and not
0: communications. Yeah. 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 Can we also return to shaving the crayons? Uh huh. What. Uh, how were crayons involved? Why were you shaving them? I we don't understand. We were shaving them
1: for color. Okay. They would melt into the soap to make the color. Oh. And so he wanted me to shave some crayons ahead of time so that I I, we could see. have different color options. We could see how they interacted and he could decide what would be
0: the most enticing color. I mean, that sounds like a gratifying thing to do. Yeah. Shave some crayons.
1: He also further went on and said, remember it's soap. So I don't, we don't need anything bright. We need like pastels and light. And I was like, you're Okay. Okay. Okay, I wow. see you. I wasn't going to yeah. go black, but okay, thanks. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. That
0: would have been great if you delivered some black soap. I should have just gone all neon. But yeah, at that point,
1: have. I was afraid to make him mad because I really needed to pass. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. See, this is a side of you I would not have predicted. Mm-hmm. And I imagine our listeners didn't predict. The, the slacker side.
1: It's the one time that yeah. I truly truly needed to be bailed out yeah project every other time i felt like i was doing the bailing out. that's my experience yeah yeah for sure so it was a whole new experience for me and in fact that's why i think it took me by surprise because i was like how dare you sideline me like i'm a group project superstar Mm -hmm. just not chemistry this
0: time you weren't gonna be i did
1: thank him after and i remember him being like i didn't like it was clear by his facial expression. Like I didn't do it for you, lady. <laughs> like I needed a grade.
0: Like I forgot you were here. Yeah,
1: I you were a, an obstacle. Yeah. Like he was trying to t- probably trying to teach this kid group skills uh-huh. by putting me in the group. That's probably true. He was like, "This yeah. is a win-win. They both need these skills, so we'll put them together, and it'll be great." Wow.
0: Uh-huh. That's a good teacher.
1: He yeah yeah
0: ish. Yeah yeah okay. We'll give it to him, I guess. All right, on
1: that level. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean. Forget that he was mostly busy making football plays, but that's fine.
0: Oh, okay. Uh-huh. That guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe uh-huh. he used your soap in the locker rooms then. I hope so. I make hope those dirty so. boys clean. Yeah. Oh, that sounded real weird. Sorry. I took your science project and made it weird. You did make it weird, but that's yeah. okay. That's okay. okay. It was soap. <laughs> I mean, at some point it deserved to get weird,
1: right? <laughs> well, okay. Speaking of selling things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We both work from home. Yes, which we do. is mostly glorious. It's glorious. glorious. Let's just say that you had to have a job where you were customer-facing
0: every single day. God. What would it be? I mean, and to be clear, I have had those jobs. Yes. And you've had those jobs mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I worked at Hy-Vee Ooh. for a long time when I was younger. Yeah. I worked at Ooh. a Godfather's Pizza.
1: What? How did, did I know
0: that? It was probably just for a few months. I think I <laughs> I think I ghosted them when I left. <laughs> uh, everybody goes Godfather's yeah, Pizza. Yeah, yeah, I was an orientation student advisor at Iowa. I was all sorts of things. That in and of itself is an interesting thing. Yeah.
1: Because the stories that have come from there.
0: It is highly customer-facing. Yes. It was a lot. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah, I don't have to talk to people much these days Mm -hmm. and it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I think if there was a a customer-facing job that I would have to do, I think I would take inspiration from, if you remember, I talked about the show Pose. Yes. And there is a character named Electra who is just a beautiful, gorgeous, mean as hell woman that at one point they find her the perfect job, which is to be a hostess at Indochine. And all she has to do is look beautiful and be super mean to everybody. So it got me thinking about, like in Chicago, I think there was a diner, maybe it was Dick's Last Resort or something like that, (laughs) where you go in and you expect that the waiters are going to insult you. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. Or, or I've right? heard of these places. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go in, expect that they're going to be mean, they're going to be making fun of you, like that's supposedly part of the fun. I've never understood that. But I could do that. Like if that was the expectation that I didn't have to be nice to people, Yeah. that I could just say what I was thinking yeah. and that would be hilarious. And oh my God, oh, that's great. And
1: I, like, my tip's going to go up based yeah, on that. I think
0: that could be cool.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's a good one.
0: Because yeah. then... Like I think you and I would take a lot of pleasure, and Heath too, take a lot of pleasure in crafting the right things to say to yes. people. Like we could be, I might take interest in like writing lines at night. I was going to say, night. at night I'd be yeah. coming up with
1: insults. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. And then when somebody was super annoying, just let it fly. That'd be wonderful. It would be so great.
1: You're right. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I'm going to double down. I didn't, yeah. I, we... I didn't previously ask you this question. Okay. So this is a, a curveball. Okay. Let's say that you had to work at like an amusement park setting. Oh, God. Like, I thought Disney right away. You got people in costume, you got people doing numbers, you yeah. got people serving people. Yeah. If you had to work in that environment, which place Ugh. do you pick?
0: Well, all I can think of, because I think I've been to Disney World when I was 10, mm-hmm. so I have very little mm-hmm. uh, understanding of what it is today, especially. <laughs> My first thought is like being in the funnel cake place because uh-huh. you get to eat the funnel cakes but then I remember how hot it is yeah and how terribly hot this uh-huh. is so if then I remember there was a guy that I dated that he, he like in college, there was a program that you would work at Disney World for yeah. like a summer or something like that. Uh-huh. And wh- why are you looking at me that way? Did you do that? No. Okay. But I know about it. You know, yeah, so okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he did that and he said that like you learn all of these systems about Disney World and there's this whole culture. It sounds very culty. Uh-huh. Um, but then there were these like underground places that you could get to from under there. So maybe I could just be underground and not have to talk to anybody. I like that. And just help the people that are working mm-hmm. and be there to listen and be like, tell me about the terrible people up there. Mm -hmm. Like, Tell me, what did you see?
1: What did you see? Tell me all the stories. Tell me every, tell me the stories. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So, you know, really leaning into that curmudgeon. Yeah. Hermit type situation. Living
1: underground. Yeah. I like it. What would you do? Oh, I think I would do one of those characters that has a full head, so you could never see my face. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that yeah. also, I think I could probably get away with saying stuff under my breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Because who's going to believe that I said something mean to you when I was dressed as, you know,
0: Mickey Mouse? Yeah, yeah, Mickey Mouse. Like,
1: yeah. Nobody's going to believe that. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that that could be great. Plus, I don't have to worry about what I look like ever because I'm just going to get that's sweaty true. and gross in yeah, that costume. Yeah, that's true. But most of the time, at least at Disney. Those characters are like in air conditioned places, just waiting and standing there and taking oh. pictures with kids. I have heard in Disney culture, though, it takes you a long time to work up the ladder to I that bet.
0: position. Yeah. That seems pretty cush. Yeah. yeah.
1: But how great. And some of them don't talk because they don't want you to ruin the illusion of the you know cartoon characters. So. Wow. That doesn't seem bad. I could I think I yeah. could pull that off.
0: This is where your parenting experience is helpful because you know what Disney World is like these days. Yeah, yeah. Again, mine was Mm -hmm. at age 10 and Mm -hmm. that's about it, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's probably one of my greatest sacrifices for Mason (laughs) that we stood in line for hours for him to meet Mickey Mouse when he was like four and... I hated every second until I saw that kid's face when he Aww. saw Mickey Mouse and it was one that would speak. You could give their name ahead of time so uh-huh. he did the Mickey Mouse voice oh and my said God. hi Mason and the Mickey Ma- and Mason just his whole body like melted. He was like oh my-, oh my gosh Mickey Mouse knows my name. Yeah it was very sweet and oh. he has a really cute picture with Mickey so that was worth it. Everything okay. else not so much. Okay well
0: yeah. yeah that was a mom win right there.
1: Uh-huh. It was yeah. I try to remember that
0: sometimes when you're like
1: oh man I despise you at the moment. <laughs> And you're like, think of the Mickey Mouse face. Okay. All right.
0: Okay. Yeah, you were telling me before we recorded that uh, you have a week to go Week of summer. Week of you summer. You cannot wait. I cannot wait. You love your children, but you want them the hell out them of your house. being educated. Yes. And that is not <laughs> happening right
1: now. So I want them back in school uh-huh. safely for a long time during the day. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds good.
1: Mm-hmm. This, is the, this is the point in the summer, too, where parents end up signing up for 15 activities you're like oh yeah you're gonna do cross country (laughs) bowling (laughs) hockey get the hell out of here art club don't do it everything you're gonna learn how to play chess (laughs) you just you're like you're never coming home again that's what's happening
0: well well uh you'll be in our thoughts and prayers thank you yeah i
1: need that Mm -hmm.
0: final question for you aaron Uh we've been talking about i mean we even delved into culty stuff right then but have you ever experienced an example of groupthink
1: I have not. Okay. This is going to be kind of a general example. Okay. And it's really has more to do with my personality than anything. And that is, I think that groupthink is a little more pervasive than we realize.
0: I think you're absolutely right.
1: I think it happens so often and we, we want to act like we're better than that, but perfect example for us. And I know that you've done this too, but for me, it's like, I'll finish a book that got like a lot of great reviews mm-hmm. and I'll think okay I didn't like it Yeah, and the immediate next thought is I must have missed something Yes, I don't get it like why did so many other people like this what's wrong with me so then I have to go on the internet Uh until I find someone that has the same thought (laughs) process and then I feel better it's like then I feel okay like Mm -hmm. okay I'm not an idiot Mm -hmm. instead of just saying like that's my opinion I don't have to like that book I can't get there. I have to be like, look up every review and be like, okay, 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 other people didn't like it too.
0: Do you think groupthink and peer pressure are kind of the same thing? Yes. Yeah. I I think think a lot of it is. Yeah.
1: Because I I think groupthink is kind of a misnomer in the sense that it isn't, it is peer pressure. You're sitting around and you're being convinced of, I mean, Sadly, that's what our justice system is, right? Group
0: Absolutely. Think. That's what
1: a jury is. You're not really getting to say your own no. opinion. You're all trying to get to a point where you all agree. And I'm not sure that that's ever really possible. Yeah. And if everyone's thinking, having their own thoughts, I just, I don't know how y'all get to a consensus without somebody compromising.
0: Well, then even just on a small scale, like you're hanging out with your friends and they're describing like, hey, there's this concert at the Iowa State Fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so great, Amy. Do you want to come? And as the conversation goes, I'm like, "That sounds great. Let's go see Alanis Morissette." Yes. And then as soon as you leave the group, you're like, "What the hell did I just Why? do? Why? Why did I agree to go to the state fair on a Monday? On a Monday? And it,
1: what the hell what? was I doing? What?
0: That's when groupthink really gets you.
1: Yeah, it is when groupthink gets you.
0: An update there. I decided to let my friends know. Yeah, that I I can't do that. I can't do that.
1: Which I think is is a much. <laughs> I think you don't get that until you're an older adult. Where you are like, you know what? Absolutely. Bow out because I, I would have powered through yeah. before.
0: But yes. I am a forty-five-year-old woman.
1: I don't need to spend my time.
0: Doing I don't that need to stuff. do that. And as I've described before, the state fair. I don't know why when they said the state fair, I was just like, yeah, let's do it. That should be good. That's groupthink, right there. That is groupthink. Mm-hmm. I fell prey. Really, all marketing's groupthink. Right? It really is They're convincing
1: you that everybody's doing it. You're going to like yep. it. The Iowa State Fair's group thing. <laughs> it really it is. is. I Obviously, we've discussed we're from Iowa. This is opening, when we're recording this, it's yeah. opening weekend of Iowa State Fair. We're and in the heart so of it. it's so hot. So, it always is.
0: It's always so hot. Always
1: so hot. And you know what? If you love it, great. More power to you. It's just not something that I ever really nope. got
0: into. Nope. Until suddenly my friend said, let's do this. And I was like, I love my friends. They're obviously leading me in a good direction.
1: Well, to be fair, more said. I mean, Alanis Morissette, I mean, exactly. There's so many things that happen
0: at the Iowa State Fair that are confusing. And
1: <laughs> the most, like the top of that is the grandstand acts. Because yeah. you're
0: like, oh, I love How that did person. You, right. How'd you get here? I,
1: I mean, I saw vanilla ice at the Iowa State yeah, Fair. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That was worth it. Yeah. I'm not going mean, to lie to you That was worth it Because saw... a washed up vanilla ice At Iowa State Fair <laughs> I will bet anyone is better than prime vanilla ice I would say that without a doubt Yeah,
0: yeah, uh-huh. that's fair
1: Instead of popping champagne bottles And spraying them You spray <laughs> water bottles That's the level we were at So Yeah, that's a good experience yeah. right there uh-huh. Yeah But otherwise
0: Yeah Well, groupthink uh-huh. It's everywhere
1: I really liked the news this week that their news story was Giant Pumpkins at the Iowa State Fair, <laughs> which are the biggest pumpkins I've ever seen in my life, followed immediately by a story about human trafficking at the Iowa State yeah. Fair. And I was yeah. like, we can't, first of all, you need to switch those. Yeah, that's, we can't go from pumpkins no, to human trafficking. No. I can maybe go from human trafficking to pumpkins. Yeah. I need something. I need a palate cleanser. Yeah, you cleanser. need a palate cleanser
0: after that. But you can't go from, you know, good to just no. terrible. because
1: what you said was the best that the Iowa State has to offer is giant pumpkins, and the worst of it is human trafficking. <laughs> and when you put those two together, I'm going to say, we're done. Yeah, Shut we're it done. down. If there's human trafficking happening, I'm sorry, giant
0: pumpkins. It's over. <laughs> it is over. Didn't you also get an article about... Funny sayings about pumpkins. What? Yes. What is that?
1: Twice this week about pumpkins.
0: Yeah, what is happening right now? It is mid August. Why do we care about pumpkins? I've been
1: getting the weirdest, like when you open that, like stories you might be interested in, yeah. you know, like Google. I've been getting some weird, I sent it to you, it was like 35 funny <laughs> sayings about pumpkins. And who like, no. Number one, there's 35 sayings in general right. about pumpkins. I
0: didn't, I've never thought about pumpkins much that much. Much funny? Yeah.
1: And also, That's my algorithm. You think that I like humor and I'm one of those fall people that's like pumpkins and spice. Yeah. Like.
0: You've fallen into that trap.
1: That makes me sad. It does make,
0: it makes me sad too.
1: My algorithm is off. It's
0: off. I, on the other hand, am getting random spam text messages about J-Lo. So
1: many about J-Lo. And about the
0: skin lotion and also what is up with J-Lo and then gives me a link. And I'm like, I don't. I don't know what's happening, what's but I'm happening? not following any of yeah. this. Yeah,
1: If I click it, what's going to happen? My phone's going to explode. My phone's going to explode? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Anywho. Well. On that note. On that On that note. Let's talk about some books. God. Yes, let's. And remember that our theme is Here I Go Again. So it's about like doing your own thing, mm-hmm. going solo, mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. So my fiction book is a big, thick fiction book. It's called The Actual Star Ooh. by Monica Byrne. And it came out that. last year. Okay. And this is one I hadn't heard of either. And I found it at the library because the library is wonderful. Glorious place. It's just glorious. Glorious place. So this is a wild book. And it's really interesting because I've been reading a number of books lately that have multiple time frames. Mm. And I don't know if that's just, if it's super hot right now. I don't know what's happening. It just, (laughs) it's just happening. I'm reading a lot of them. But this one has the biggest scope uh-huh. in terms of different okay. time frames. Because first, there's a time frame around the year 1000. Oh, geez. In the ancient Mayan kingdom, which is now Belize. Okay. Two twins are readying to take over their kingdom after oh. their parents have died. Okay. And their younger sibling is trying out some of the tenets of their religion for the first time, including like cutting little things and like bloodletting as part of this religion. Okay. okay. Then there's a time frame around now. Okay. There's a young girl named Leah in Minnesota who decides that she wants to leave the Midwest uh-huh. and go to Belize. And she's sort of romanticized the country. She's read stories about Mayan royalty and their religious practices, but she's also going to try and understand her history because her mom went there on a student trip, had a relationship and then had her. So uh-huh. her dad is Mayan. Uh-huh. And so she's going there in, in part to learn more about her dad's culture. And while she's there, she meets two brothers who are competing tour guides. Mm. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> tour guides, I like that. Yeah. Then, it's a thousand years from now, in the future. And the world looks totally different. It's weathered climate catastrophe. It's weathered the end of capitalism. Mm. And the society is based around being nomads with no long-term personal ties. There's no marriage. There's no, like, anything like that. Yeah. And their religion is based on a young girl named Leah and two brothers. Okay. But two women in this future time, they square off on what that religion means and how their system should be structured as they in their travels head towards Belize. Right. So the book is going back and forth between ty- li- timelines and a lot of it is centered around Belize and this one specific cave that was used in a lot of religious ceremonies. But you increasingly get the sense that everything is connected across the time frames. Mm-hmm. There's some similar things happening, there's some similar iterations of people and like I said they're all converging on this g- this cave in Belize that during our time frame is a major tourist attraction. Okay. It's super propulsive book, but it's also like I was trying to think of a word for it. It's almost brain breaking, like the way that it's tying things together. I was going to say, that's a lot. I mean, yeah. And especially when you get to the future time frame, because it's such a different system, there's all sorts of different ways of uh, interacting with people, ways of language, ways of just thinking about things. And I I loved it. I love the things that it said about religion, about our systems, about what we do as people and what we mean to the earth. And I chose it for this theme because in each timeline, the characters are deciding if they want to go along with what's normal and expected or if they need to do something different. Mm -hmm. And like I said, a big theme here is religion and capitalism and the connection between the two of them so do you go along with what you're taught about life and death and how we treat others mm-hmm. or do you try and do something on your own and how that impacts what comes after you wow brain breaking yeah but in a really good way in a good way yeah, yeah like i read this a couple months ago and i've thought about it a lot really? since then. yeah oh that's mm-hmm. a sign mm-hmm. and you know if you're not I think this would appeal to a lot of readers and I had never really thought much about Belize or about Mayan history, but Mm. it was fascinating. So there's a lot to really learn here.
1: Okay. Okay. I did like that you said that you had some kind of little super hot right now (laughs) at the beginning. I think that we need to work that in. I think some kind of marketer could do that right now. Like the multiple timelines are yeah, That was a hot
0: pick. There's probably a publishing term for it. About the multiple timelines. Multi-generational saga.
1: There you go. Some sort of saga. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Some kind of epic saga. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's a big book. So if you need a big book to dive into, sink into, there you go.
1: Perfect. Okay. Well, I, on the opposite side, am bringing you a slim little novel. Oh. And this, let me tell you, packs a punch. Okay. And I needed it. Okay. It's published in January 11th. January 11th, 2022. It's called mouth to mouth by Anton Wilson. Mm. Now I want to make something clear. I read this book prior to it being on Obama's favorite
0: book list. Oh, so you're not just writing the coattails of i writing the okay. I don't want to get... Okay. Done. So you liked it before it was cool. I liked it what before you're it saying. was cool. Okay. okay? I didn't uh-huh. just pick
1: it because there it is. All right. But <laughs> I'm I glad mean, you...
0: Yeah, I'm glad you emphasized that. I, good taste, Obama. It's, it's, Obviously. A, it's a good one.
1: Yeah. So what happens in this book? We open with our narrator who runs into an old classmate from college at the airport. And he doesn't particularly like feel the need to catch up. They weren't that close. They were more acquaintances, but their plane gets delayed. So the former classmate Jeff says, hey, why don't you come with me? I have like the lounge thing where I can go sit in the lounge and have free food and Mm -hmm. drinks and whatever. Just come with me. I always get a guest pass. And he's like, okay, I guess. I mean, it's delayed. So what else? So they're in there like eating snacks and having drinks. And Jeff starts telling basically what's happened to him since college. And this might sound like a straightforward premise, but it kind of takes a turn right off the bat because where Jeff starts in his story is him saving this guy from drowning. He's walking on a beach. He sees someone that's clearly a swimmer. He's like dressed in a full wetsuit and he can tell he's struggling and he looks around. There's no lifeguard on the beach. There's no one else on the beach. It's kind of an odd day. It was cold out. So he's like, what do I do? Like, I mean kind of that moment in your head like do i risk everything because this could go bad for me yeah. too but i can't watch a man die so ultimately he he goes he saves him and it's this kind of traumatic experience for him that no one else really views as traumatic like okay you did this thing everybody kind of expects him to move on but he just can't to the point that he kind of starts stalking the guy that he oh my saved. god because he realizes that the guy probably doesn't remember or recognize him, but he's fascinated. Like, did I save somebody who's a good person? Oh my god! Like, if I hadn't saved him, what would his you know what would have happened to the other people yeah. in his life? But I did save him, so what does that mean for the people in his life? And it turns out that this guy is a pretty famous art dealer. So Jeff decides to go all in, and he ends up working at the art. Uh, gallery that he owns and so now we find out that jeff himself is an art dealer that this is where the story okay so from there i really can't tell you anything else because it goes some weird and unexpected ways but there's like this his writing style is so interesting because they're these short little chapters Mm -hmm. and the book itself is very slim it reads so fast But there's sentences in there that are almost like a gut punch. You're like, oh, yeah. Like simplifying the most difficult philosophical ideas into one sentence. Like this whole wrestling with doesn't matter if you save a person who isn't good. Yeah, So many things. So many things to think about in your own life. And I picked it for this theme because he, Jeff certainly decides to go on his own way. He's on a solo journey because he really can't tell anyone what he's up to. Because how do you tell... Yeah. Someone hey, that I'm you've...
0: stalking the person I saved yeah. and now I work with him.
1: You've basically rebuilt your life around this one yeah. instance. Very strange. But also, this he realizes pretty early on that this guy that he saved has kind of built his life to be like an island. Like it's impenetrable to anybody else. Like no one else can get in. So there's an interesting kind of discussion within the pages about is there value in that or is there not like, should he be more connected to other people or is it okay to be this type of person? So I, I really think for this theme, it's interesting because you're looking at people making very individual decisions, Mm -hmm. very solo journeys, but also wrestling with the fact is, is that okay? Is that, is that fine? If I'm making my own choices, is this okay? I don't even, I don't know what I expected when I picked (laughs) it up. It wasn't that. And it was great. It was so good.
0: I'm very glad that you mentioned it's slim because I want to read it. And maybe I can read it, you know, oh, pretty you quickly. Oh, could, you
1: could read it fast because yeah. I read the whole first half in like an hour. Whoa. Yeah, it's it's quick. It goes quick.
0: And hey, if you, for some reason, don't believe Aaron's recommendation, President Barack Obama re- recommended it. That's what I'm it.
1: saying. It was on his favorites. Yeah. I mean, come on <laughs> right now. But also, what I loved about it too is that what – like the pitch for this book just kills me because the premise sounds so like eighth grade creative writing in a way. Uh, Like I ran into a guy at an airport and he told me his life story. And it kind of goes back and forth where you're hearing them talk and then you're diving into the story. So it doesn't feel complicated enough like we like to make literature complicated to be so good. And it is so good.
0: I love that idea though of returning to like, you know, common stories or common ideas and making them something new, making them unique. Yeah.
1: Because this jumping off point is so interesting, I had never once in my entire life thought, "Oh, geez, like yeah, how? What a weird feeling! If you saved someone, what would you think about yeah. that person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you save someone, do you think you would stalk them? No. Hmm. I think if I save someone, one, it was probably accidental. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean that to mean like I would let someone die, but I don't. I mean, yeah. I'm not in a lot of situations where that would. You happen. You know
0: what my thought was is when he said that, he was like, I am not enough, strong enough swimmer. So what would I do? Would I just like yeah. watch him die? Right. Because knowing I went in, I would not help the situation. Yeah, it's it's intense
1: and in the rescue he breaks a couple of his ribs because he's trying to do cpr oh. and he doesn't really know how to do it so he's just like yeah but then the when the emts get there they're like no you did good and like they're trying to be reassuring and uh-huh. stuff and then you know it all happens and then he's left there alone i mean it's like they got to get him to the hospital everybody leaves the beach and he's just there to be like what well, do i you know wow. that's it it's over hmm. mm-hmm. yeah that sounds
0: good yeah it's a it's
1: a weird one but it is great
0: also, how cool to be an author that Obama picks. Yes.
1: I heard someone else talking about this in a podcast, and I have the exact same question. I want to know how books end up in his hands. Me too. Like, who's, yeah. who's the gatekeeper there? Uh-huh. Like, who's handing them on? Because I'm sure he gets since he was president and published those lists, I'm sure that he gets tons of books sent and yeah. people are trying to get on that yeah. list. And I will say, since he left office, they're getting a lot more varied and
0: interesting. Uh-huh. Like, so much more interesting. I'm sure he has publicists just knocking down his yeah. door trying to get him to read But then stuff. you wonder, like, how... Yeah, and does, like, do people in his life recommend books? Like, how yeah. does he... Yeah.
1: Do you have a presidential reader who's, What's like, reading, reading, reading all of them? And yeah. being like, this one you'll like, this one you'll like? Yeah. I mean.
0: Is that like a taste tester except, you know, less lethal? Yeah.
1: And also, is that job open?
0: (laughs) Because we could do really good at that job. We could kill that job. Yeah. So if you're listening, anyone in the Obama, you know, Mm -hmm. circle.
1: This is, of course, taking away all human elements from Obama that he might himself just pick
0: books. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. 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 We've envisioned a much different system. Yes. Yeah. Much different. (laughs) Mm Well, for my other genre pick, bi- bi- <laughs> my other genre book. Pick. I think okay. I tried pick. to combine book, book and pick. pick? That's yeah, okay. Yeah, you know what I meant.
1: Your, your other genre Bic.
0: Yeah, my mm-hmm. other pick. Um, it's sort of a novel, but it also feels like something hybrid, something other than novel. So I'm okay. putting it here. Okay, I'm making an executive decision. And putting something hey, called a novel in this category. I think that's
1: right, though. I mean, when they're hybrid, it's different. We've yeah. done that before, and that's where it goes. Thank you. It's not straight across fiction. I appreciate You're that. You're getting more.
0: Excellent. So here's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Laser Writer 2 by Tamara Shopson. Okay. And it came out last year. Okay. So it's the 1990s, and Claire is 19, and okay. she wants to work at TechServe, which is this sort of iconic New York City Mac repair shop. Oh. And... At this shop, terrible, but okay. people lug their big Apple computers oh, and no. printers into this independent shop, and they find a haven for, like, weirdos who understand parts okay. and computers yeah. better than anything else. Uh-huh. And this is a time before Apple is dominant, like uh-huh. it is now. It's, you know, the computers were sort of niche. They were kind of hardcore. They were a little strange and this is all pre-internet, too. Yeah. So just imagining, first of all, you know, because I think this was the top floor of a building. So you're lugging this shit up, you know, like mm-hmm. multiple like stairs or the elevator, whatever. And just hoping, beyond hope, that someone there will figure out how to solve this thing. right? Because it's super expensive and you can't just get a new thing. Anyway, so Claire joins the ranks. And she learns along the way how to figure out a piece of equipment and what it needs. And how to handle people coming in that are just... Desperate, or they're pissed, or they're creepy in some way, and how to navigate just working in general. This Mm -hmm. is her first real sort of job. And she joins a cast of characters who are very unique and very different and who welcome her. And she becomes an expert in printer repair, but she has one major nemesis that she's trying to figure out and fix throughout, and it's this big laser writer, too. And that's pretty much the story. But along the way, the author is giving us sections in the book that describe the history of. Uh, digital technology oh. of this store, TechServe, which which is an actual store, okay, and people, real and imagined, and so it's oddly compelling. It's oddly fascinating. It's got some art. It's got information about you know tech, this technology, um, and it's a very cool experience. And uh, honestly, I'm not big into technology. Right. I didn't know what I expected, and this was very fascinating. And, you know, just a unique sort of experience. So I chose it for this theme because Claire doesn't want to follow the path of other people Mm. her age. In fact, she doesn't feel like she quite fits anywhere until she finds this shop and sort of talks her way in. And in this strange little world, she finds her passion and she finds like something that really excites her and that she's thinking about all the time. Yeah. And there's a bit of choosing to remain on her own, even within the group, too. She doesn't really want to make friends. She doesn't really want to have a social network or anything. She just wants to do her job. Uh Uh-huh. And go home and figure out how to fix her nemesis. Yeah, and that's about it. I love it. Yeah,
1: it's kind of another one of those like simple premise, but simple just premise. amazing.
0: And along the way, you get really invested in like how to fix printers. I learned nothing. Well, I would that yeah. would help. Again, this is 1990s. Yeah. But it also reminded me <laughs> of when um, in in the late 90s when I was at Iowa. Um, how I worked as a computer lab technician at a small computer lab and I had no idea what I was doing, but it was such a small lab that no one really knew about that I could just get away with it. And if, you know, turning it off and turning it on again, didn't help. Sorry. You got to call Weeg, the central computer center. Sorry. They'll help you. I'm going to go finish my homework over here.
1: Uh, I'm just going to be over here. just
0: going to go listen to the radio and, you know, (laughs) read some stuff for school not gonna be helping you make my minimum wage
1: yeah because it's probably work-study so it's less than minimum wage probably it wasn't work-study it was oh. just a separate yeah oh, separate genre. well then yeah. you were making the big bucks you know i was five twenty five. <laughs> i think <laughs> okay well for my other genre pick is a memoir this week mm. it's called comedy 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 drama <laughs> By Bob Odenkirk. Oh. Yes. It came out in March of this year. I'm a huge Bob Odenkirk fan, Mm -hmm. mainly of his writing. I mean, I love him in Better Call Saul. If you're not familiar with him, he was the lawyer on Breaking Bad, and then he had a breakout series. He's been in a few other things, but really his passion is writing. And he got kind of his first accolades. He wrote for Second City and worked on Second City, but then he moved over to SNL. Where he wrote the infamous Chris Farley motivational speaker sketch. He wrote that? He wrote it. And here's what I learned about it in this book, which is fascinating to me. He didn't actually write it for SNL. He wrote it for another show he was working with Chris Farley on. And they did it like on stage one time, like at a live show. Oh my gosh. And then after he left SNL, they used it on SNL. Oh. Oh, I, I know. know how I feel about that. I know. And that they kind of like, he says he gets asked that question and he said it never really bothered him because he wrote it for that. Chris Farley really took ownership of it yeah, and made the character. I mean, sense. And he's yeah. like, I, I never bothered me that Chris Farley did it. That's He good. was like, okay. and it was such a, a was cornerstone so for him. Yeah. yeah. So his, it's really focused on kind of his rise in the comedy world, um, From SNL, he went to the Ben Stiller show and then to Mr. Show with Bob and David, who's David Cross. Uh, And then kind of by almost accident is how he found himself on Breaking Bad as this kind of crazy lawyer. And partly because his wife is actually his agent. And I'm not sure. I can't remember. I might mess this up if that happened after they were married or, or prior to, but... Um she kind of pushed him and said, "No, I think this is right for wow. you." And he kind of tended to say, "No, I'm not. I'm not meant for in front of the camera. I really just like the writing part of things." But as we know, he was great on that and then he got better call Saul. But what I love about this memoir is that he tells tons of great anecdotes about celebrities and funny stories from SNL or, you know, knowing Chris Farley or working on The Mr. Show. But what I also really liked about this memoir is that he really focused on this writing being the backdrop and what a roller coaster that is. Hmm. And he talked a lot about all the times that he was rejected and how many times he would like take that internally and say, I should stop. Like nobody likes this. This isn't funny. And then he would have to find something that would inspire him again. And he'd be like, okay, I'll try again. Or I'll find somebody who likes this. This is just somebody's flavor. It's not this person's flavor. Mm -hmm. And he said, that's a big part of what people sometimes forget about comedy is that not everything is funny to everyone Mm -hmm. it's different but then he also said i never considered myself dramatic i never thought about writing drama roles so i if you've seen um it came out i want to say two years ago the show called nobody it was a movie that he started i've
0: seen it advertised places yeah it
1: was based on a real life so it's this guy who seems like just a run-of-the-mill like you know, guy with a family, and he suffers a break-in, and his family's traumatized. And in the, in the movie, we basically find out he was like an undercover assassin, and it trips this trigger that he's kept down for so long and he just goes vigilante on everything. (laughs) Well, it was based on a true story that his house was broken into a couple different times and this feeling he had as a person who didn't feel like he could defend himself. Oh, gosh. And so that was where the feelings of the writing came from and that's when he said, I really, you know, I expanded my writing repertoire. I was able to kind of pull on something else and say, this could be interesting. He talks a lot about the breaking um, bad and then Better Call Saul that when they said, hey, we want to do this, spinoff show he was like that's never no one's gonna watch that like everyone's gonna hate this and in fact he didn't want to do it because it was filmed in a different place than where his family lived and he had two young kids and he said I just I just got off this Breaking Bad tour and I you know timeline and I just don't think I have it in me and you know he credits his wife with saying no you need to do this his kids were old enough that they were like dad we're fine you can do this and so he did it and he's like it's been like the biggest surprise of my entire professional career but I I've read some he wrote a book a while ago a comedy book um, that's like funny short stories kind of like Simon Mm -hmm, mm Rich-esque that I loved and I've always appreciated his humor and there's a lot of it in here like if you know him, you'll know when he's joking, but it can come across like he's serious, yeah. which is also great. It's It read really fast. It was really interesting, but I liked it in the sense that it wasn't just a story about his life. He was really talking about his journey with his own art and his own writing and what that how that's been for him. And in a way that wasn't like the flashy, Hey, I succeeded. Like Mm -hmm. he spent a lot of time talking about the times he got rejected or the times that something didn't work or the times he worked on shows that never made it on air. Um, and he talks a lot about realizing like those were actually some of his best stuff because Mm -hmm. it helped hone things or figure out when you need to be a team player and when you don't. And just, it was just interesting. I like him. I liked the stories. I think if you, uh, have seen any of those shows you'll find it interesting I think if you're interested in writing you'd find it interesting and it was just he his writing style's easy so it's really accessible and it was fun to read it all and find out all those little tidbits
0: that's awesome I love when really talented people who have become successful talk about rejection yeah as such a huge part of it yeah because I think that probably gets lost a lot in discussion around success and creative work and he talks a lot
1: about like having you know famous friends that were hilarious and doing well and you know not being jealous of that, but just thinking, I don't belong here. Like I'm not as good as these people or I don't have, you know, I'm not cut out for this. Or he talks a lot about finding his voice. You know, he said, I joined SNL at a time when it was not doing well. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of talk about canceling it. And he said, I remember in my interview, Lauren asking me what I thought about the show. And he said, I was young. I wanted the job. So I said what I thought he wanted to hear, but he said, later on, I realized that I think that Lauren would appreciate it more if I came in as a humor writer and said, it's, it's bad. You need some help. You uh-huh. need some better sketches. Like, it's not working as it is. You're not utilizing the players that you have. And he said, I had to learn that balance of when you can say what you want to say
0: and when you should keep your mouth shut. Yeah, Which, don't we all wish we say, had that I was going to say, isn't that a life lesson? Yeah. 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 Also, it made me think of one of my favorite roles of his is just a small one, but it's in a long shot when he's the president oh, yeah. to Charlize Theron yes. wants to be the president and he's the president who played a president on TV and then became the actual president and doesn't want to be president anymore because he wants to go back to movies uh-huh. I loved it I, it's so, is great. so great Yeah,
1: some of the stuff too he gets into like sketches that he wished that he got on air and you can tell he just loves it so much because he felt the need to take a like tangent and describe it to you in the book <laughs> like you're going to appreciate this it was hilarious <laughs> Yeah, it's excellent good stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you want to see him, I mean, obviously, Better Call Saul's in its final season now, but also he's on a show on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Oh, yeah, it's a sketch show, and uh-huh. I think he wrote a little bit for it, but he's also in some of the sketches. And I've
0: seen a couple of those, and they are wild. They are wild, yeah.
1: and just funny though. Uh-huh. It might be scratch if you're waiting for SNL. It might scratch that itch because yeah, they're like true. sketches, but. They can push the envelope a lot more. They're bizarre. So weird. Yeah. So weird. And some of them don't work at all and some of them are great. (laughs) Yeah. Some of them are just great. Did you see the whoopee cushion one?
0: No. I was thinking about the one where I think there was like a whole discussion of did you wash your hands when you came back from the bathroom? And Uh it devolves into this whole thing. I think yeah. I think there was a couple where there were so many like awkward moments. I was like, I can't watch this right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You
1: have to be in the mood. There's one yeah. where he comes into like a business meeting and he sits down and it's a whoopee cushion, <laughs> and then it devolves into like what is actually a joke. He's like, what is the joke though? What's the joke? The joke is I'm so nervous I shit my pants. That's the joke. <laughs> that would be funny. Like he just goes so far, and but you actually get to the point where you're like, he's actually right. What like, is what a is the, the joke? joke? Yeah, yeah. What is the joke? And it ends with him just being like, I need the rest of the day off. And his boss being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go home. We're sorry.
0: <laughs> I like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, for pop culture, I've got a comedy as Ooh, well.
1: A comedy. It's
0: called Loot. It's on Apple TV+. Yeah, I've
1: heard about it. What? The I don't know anything about it, though. Well,
0: I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you about it. Aaron. Are you? Yeah, I do. am. That's what oh, we're going yeah. to do. Yeah, right we're going to spend a few minutes, and I'm going to tell you about yes. it, and then we can talk about it some yes. more. Okay. Oh, this is such a great idea. Oh man, I'm so glad we finally
1: landed on this format. <laughs> it's just 119 episodes and nothing, and then we just and then we finally landed. figured it out. 119 right team, we're like, got it.
0: Like I finally learned Founded how to it.
1: say numbers, and we're <laughs> figuring out our
0: format. <laughs>
1: Just figured out what a podcast is. <laughs> yes. oh,
0: what thanks a great for going day. on this journey. What with a great guys. day. Yeah. All right. So here's what I'm gonna tell you about this. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. So the first season is done as of Friday, actually. Okay. And it has Maya Rudolph. Oh. It has Joel Kim Booster. Oh, okay. It has Michaela I mean. J. Rodriguez. Okay. Many other people that you know and love, uh-huh. including um Adam Scott every once in a while. Oh, So Molly, who Mm -hmm. is Maya Rudolph, Mm -hmm. she is the wife of tech billionaire John Novak, Mm. who is played by a slimy Adam Scott. And Uh they are just filthy rich. And in fact, we meet her on her birthday when he's just given her a new super yacht. Okay, But then on that birthday, she also discovers he's been cheating on her with a girl half her age.
1: Oh, no. So she
0: leaves him. And because they married when they were young, before the business started, there's no prenup. So she ends up with $87 billion. Oh. Yeah. And their mansion. She ends up with a lot of, you know, all that kind of stuff. Is this supposed to be like Jeff Bezos-esque? That's what I was thinking as I got into this. Okay, And I think it eventually gets there. This is a little more. Bear with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, So she has all this money, right? Uh Uh-huh. She's out of the divorce, but she's lost. She has no idea what to do now until she gets a call from Sophia, who is played by Michaela J. Rodriguez, who manages her charitable foundation. And Molly had no idea she had a foundation. Oh, shit. So one day, she goes into this office where she's technically the boss, uh-huh. and the foundation the foundation focuses on LA community issues, like the unhoused population, and after-school programs, and everything. And she's like, this is great. This could be really cool. But she's so out of touch, and it's pretty painful in a few places, especially when they're doing a ribbon cutting for a shelter, And she gives away luxury bags to all the women that are going to live in the shelter and then starts singing Shelter Ladies to the tune of Single Ladies. Oh, no. It's real bad. Oh. Okay. But quickly, over time, she starts to find her footing, right? Yeah. She finds something at this foundation. She really likes, you know, learning about what's going on. She likes finding this sense of purpose that she can actually do something with all of this money. And she finds a new community. Since... All of her friends were lost in the divorce pretty much, and they were all shitty to begin with. yeah. So from there, it just keeps going, keeps developing. There's some really cool (laughs) subplots. And for this, I chose it for this theme because for the first time in decades, Molly has to go out on her own. Mm -hmm. She has to figure out her own path. She also has to take a look at her behaviors and how she can change. Mm -hmm. So I think this show is so entertaining. It's very funny. It's very touching, Uh too, You love all the characters. It also asks a lot of good questions about wealth and this huge bridge between like these massive billionaires Mm -hmm. helping out like these unhoused people in Mm -hmm. LA and just the gap between that and why that exists and like shit, it's just, it's so much. And ultimately it's Maya Rudolph being a goddamn genius Uh, as always. Sounds amazing. There's some excellent, like obviously she's good with one-liners and everything. Physical comedy there's one scene where she appears on the YouTube show YouTube show, Hot Ones. Oh. Have you ever heard about that? Yeah, it's the... Where they eat the spicy eat wings. The wings, yeah. So she she goes on this show thinking it's going to endear her, endear herself to, you know, the, the audience. Uh, she does not anticipate how hot these wings are going to be. Oh. And it gets increasingly worked up. There's just armpit sweat. There's just face sweat. At one point, she says, I could kill all of you and get away with it. <laughs> So, it, it's a really interesting and wonderful character evolution. I watched this on Heath's recommendation and oh. it, he knocked it out of the park on this okay. one. Okay.
1: Okay, it sounds amazing. Yeah. I had seen like snippets or a preview or something, but I hadn't dived in to know exactly
0: what it was about. I will say, too, around episode two, you're like, good Lord, she is so out of touch. It's painful. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to stick with it or not. Okay. Very quickly, it turns around. And you start, you really like her and okay. you're really rooting for her. And like she that. makes some really good decisions over time.
1: Well, you mentioned Heath and I, this is another side tangent. So oh. I'm sorry, people. This episode's going to be like a super episode, but whatever. We got plenty of time. Deal with it. Yeah. So, we finally found our footing. Yeah, remember? we finally found, we podcast found our structure. So enjoy this <laughs> side story. Because you mentioned Heath made me think that this week on an episode of the Housewives, yeah. someone is working with a charity. And I shit you not, this is the name of it. And they're from L.A., so okay. it felt like okay. it all yeah, yeah. Wait for it. Okay. I can't even say it without laughing. Homeless, not toothless. What? Oh, God. It's everything I wanted. I just wanted to see someone's face
0: who hadn't heard it because. There's so much in my brain. Like, is there any relation to what they actually do in that? What
1: What, what yes. is that? It's apparently getting dental work for people okay, who are homeless. seriously? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like priority one, if you're homeless, is do I have a cavity?
0: It, Jesus Christ.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the housewife that brought it up, Dorit, is, claims, claims, no one knows, that Sharon Stone got her into this. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. Don't care. Either way, what is that name? I felt like, okay, maybe I'm crazy, but that seems horrendous. And then a couple scenes later, all the other ladies were like, I don't know if I can go to this event. What, <laughs> what is this? And it was just that moment. where You're describing someone who's like, you know, so much money, yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to connect, and you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, that's not
0: good at all no and yeah loot really gets into that there's a lot of moments like that in fact there's a character that was like one of her friends before the divorce feels like ripped from housewives pretty much because she's starting her own business Mm -hmm. um and it's a perfume and she hands the perfume out at dinner everyone smells it my rudolph starts vomiting in her mouth almost and she names it acquittal and my rudolph said was like oh is that because you know you got acquitted and the girl was like i didn't even think about that so much in those few lines so much about billionaires
1: so much
0: yeah I just homeless not toothless homeless not toothless
1: so we're not gonna help you find a home but damn nope, it we're gonna we get your, your teeth. teeth yeah
0: we'll make your teeth look good
1: yeah and then for at the event which was just a dinner of just housewives it appeared randomly Melissa Etheridge sang a song Oh no Melissa Ethridge, What are you doing I know I don't think she knew
0: Okay I think it, I
1: feel like They kept her in the dark Okay Because there was also A big fight Right before she came out And then all the house was like That was awkward Did she hear all that I'm like This is what You need to be thinking About that all the time You're on TV Yeah Like it doesn't matter That the person's In the other room This is how you act All the time Oh my goodness
0: Yeah it is I mean it's a show I love to hate So and There you go
1: Almost that toothless
0: Well loot You're not gonna hate You're gonna like I'm it I'm gonna
1: love it I'm yes. not going to hate watch it. Maya well, Rudolph. It's not, yeah. Come on. Yeah. She's amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, my pop culture pick, this will be just a shocker, is a docu-series. What? Yeah. Called Mind Over Murder.
0: I think I saw this somewhere. I was like, Aaron's definitely watching this. Oh, I did. Yeah. yeah. I
1: waited for all of it to come out because HBO tried to do that game yeah, where yeah, they're yeah. like, here's one episode uh-huh.
0: and then you can wait till next Thursday. And like, like nope. we're still. I'm not playing this game. No,
1: I'm not watching Friends in two- 1998 and no. you need to push the you know next episode I uh-uh. so I waited till it all came out mm-hmm. so it's all out so you're good to go but it's this story of six people six that were convicted of a 1985 murder mm. of a 68 year old woman named Helen Wilson in I want to say Beatrice because that's the way it looks to me but no one pronounces it that way in the thing and I can't even get my mouth to pronounce how they <laughs> say it Beatrice Nebraska
0: but it spelled like Beatrice It spelled just like Beatrice okay yeah
1: and i'm i i i'm not sure which rate it's supposed to gotcha. be but anyway not that important so this woman was murdered in her apartment a tiny apartment right these six people six people were convicted of it no dna evidence none of them left anything behind but we're supposed to believe these six people crowded into this tiny crowded apartment. into this apartment and killed this woman for no reason huh so what happens that's really weird and why it's called Mind Over Murder is there's this sort of complex psychological thing at play where there's a clear villain. He's a police officer. Oh. He doesn't know he's a villain, though, um, who kind of like decided, no, I think I know. I can solve this. I can solve this. And he knew the family of the lady who was murdered. And he uses a lot of the tactics that now you know, have started to be discussed in law enforcement as problematic to basically force these people to give false confessions. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the ringer of the case is that they all got convicted because they confessed. And so it became this whole thing like, well, but did they really confess? Mm-hmm. Or so, And it was like basically they each of them was told, you can get this person out of, like you can get out of trouble if you tell me about this person. Oh so it's like this whole thing to the point that we have six people in this apartment doing this. So fast forward to the point that we have DNA. Because there was some DNA left behind. And now we can figure that out. So
0: did they all go to prison?
1: Yes. Okay. They get DNA and what do you know? It doesn't match any of the six. Imagine that. And they figure out who it was. And so it goes through the process of these people being, you know, exonerated. But there is so much more there. It is such an interesting story because it all happens in this town where these people were convinced that these six people did it. So it all centers around this idea that the community theater is putting on a play about this using only news stories and transcripts the police transcripts in an attempt to kind of show the people of the town if you actually read these transcripts these people did not do it and having them acted out on stage which of course is causing this big uproar because this lady's family is like what when i tell you it is bananas it's bananas.
0: I think you had me at community theater.
1: But in the best
0: way. Yeah. It's weird. I
1: You go into it and you just know it's weird. And you're going to see some characters. And you're going to feel different things about different characters at different times. But what a weird, weird ride. Yeah. And, and such an interesting comment on sociology, on psychology, on prison psychologists, mm-hmm. on police work, on interrogation work. I, I feel like... We should be far enough to know that false confessions happen, but that's something you hear a lot. Well, he confessed, so obviously he did it because who would confess to something they didn't do? Like everybody says that outside of a situation.
0: And they're not understanding the coercion. Right, and
1: some of the other things at play. There's a woman that um, definitely has probably some learning disabilities, definitely some mental health issues that have gone completely undiagnosed. And he was able to twist her mind so much, she still believes she was there.
0: She's, That's what I saw in the ad is she's saying something to the effect that like, I did it. I, I was there. I know I was there. And oh, like, it's very
1: no. obvious she wasn't based on information that comes out later. And she's like, try, now they're trying to work with her and like work through that because she was so convinced. Like oh, they basically gosh. implanted a memory. Crazy. Just the craziest stuff. And the guy in it, I mean, I, there's so many moments that you're like, this is... What I want now is an in-depth interview with the documentarian because mm-hmm. she—you see her a couple times on there because she's having these kind of spitfire conversations with the police officer, mm-hmm. and you can tell she's like, "Do you understand what you're saying? Like you're putting this on camera, and he's got no clue."
0: Wow! It
1: is—it's a ride. I will tell you that. I would—it the ending is great. I will tell you that it culminates in a community third theater production. Oh my god. It and people's so reactions to that. And I I don't know what else to say other than you really need to take it in. It's okay. very interesting. Hmm. And for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons that I picked it for this week is because each of these people had their own individual journey with this situation. And they all ended up in a situation of groupthink because they were basically all offered like you give me somebody else and you go free, even though that was not true. You do this. And also they were easy to pick off because they were kind of on the fringe of yeah, society. That's what they were like people that had a lot of connection. Mm-hmm. They weren't people that people were worried that they were going to get good lawyers or be able to do anything about this. Mm-hmm. So there's an interesting commentary there too about this solo life and if you don't quite fit in, how actually dangerous that can be. Definitely. Especially in a small rural area. Yeah. It was weird, but
0: <sighs> great. Leave it to you to bring the, the true crime heat. True crime heat. Yep. I mean, yeah. Enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Good job. <laughs> HBO.
1: Here's looking at you.
0: Still buying for those HBO dollars. Well,
1: now I got to buy for Discovery Plus, too, because, you know, they're combining oh are they yeah and i don't i'm gonna say this wrong because i don't know who bought who but so yeah so so get ready because hbo is going to go through another rebranding well we just got used to god HBO damn it max. we just
0: figured out how to do hbo max
1: now it's gonna be like hbo discovery plus go
0: what uh-huh, no. too many words too many
1: things too many do i have things.
0: to sign up again
1: that's what i'm afraid uh... of, i don't know
0: Listen, I know this, this exchange right now is making us very old, but I don't care. I don't, I don't care. want to do this again. Do you
1: not remember how long it took me to do out? It figure took you it so long. <laughs> so long. So long. I thought I didn't have it, and then I did have it, and then you couldn't have it. And I've never, it was
0: painful. If Evan listens to this episode, he's going to be so annoyed with he's us. He's so annoyed. Yeah. Yeah so annoyed with us already yeah
1: it's probably already like who watches HBO that's like for old people that's probably true yeah yeah
0: I mean that's fair that's fair
1: yeah but also there's some great stuff on there so you know what
0: I was thinking of this week I remember when you guys were um trying to show Evan like some classic Uh comedies Uh because I rewatched Talladega Nights Mm -hmm. the Ballad of Ricky Bobby Mm -hmm. this week when Mm -hmm. I needed a lift and boy it gave me Mm -hmm. one and it reminded me of when you were showing Evan some of those movies because mm-hmm. he's he's a young guy and he doesn't yeah. he hasn't seen a lot of them has has that still gone on? Have you been showing him any? Yeah, we
1: need to get back and do a few more. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is that we kind of peaked for a minute there because we we watched Bridesmaids and mm-hmm. The
0: Heat. Oh God, yeah.
1: And those two, it's I hard mean, where to come do you go from, from there? From there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we built up to that. We did Step Brothers, we uh-huh. did Talladega Nights, uh-huh. we did Dodgeball, like yeah. we did all the other ones. And then, to me, a height of comedy, Bridesmaids is just genius. exactly and. Followed by The Heat, which I will watch again and again. Again and again. I love it so much. When she throws that phone book at the guy, (laughs) I can never not. I just love that scene so much. To me, it's
0: always the end when she brings the cat back. And Sandra Bullock's like, oh. Oh. She's like, oh, shit, this wasn't your cat, was it? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. It was never your cat. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you're right. Where do you go from there? Where do you go? Hmm.
1: I mean, we've watched a few other things. But yeah, it's just not. Those two are just prime.
0: Well, I'm glad you showed him the, the Will Ferrell oeuvre. We did.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, we did cover those. Yep. Did, you
0: show, did you do Old School?
1: No. That's on Netflix. Oh, we that need could to be do a good that one. one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is one we need to do. Mm-hmm. You forget about so many. There's so many. Because there was like so many that came out in yes. that time. Yes. That that was like what they were doing,
0: and as I returned to them, like, oh, okay, so it was 20 years ago. There's yeah. things we don't say anymore, and yes. there's also like the way you're treating women.
1: Yikes! Yeah. and you know, oh yeah, some They're of that problematic. Kind of stuff. Very problematic. But yeah, still pretty great. So it's still some great stuff. Yeah. like I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> That's classic. Classic. I got you so bad. Uh-huh. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, well, good show. Good show. Good episode.
1: We're so good at this. I'm so glad that we finally figured out how to do this. Me
0: too. And now our next episodes go into easier numbers to say. Right. 120, 120, 121. Look at you. 122. Oh,
1: she's saying that she doesn't even have to. (laughs) Oh, man. We have arrived. We have arrived. Now I'm going to start messing them up. Now you've done that. You put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put that evil on you. Yeah. That's Now I'm going to
0: be like 120. Yeah. Well you know listen we're talented at a lot of stuff maybe numbers isn't that
1: yeah and that's okay hey we all know that i get tongue-tied i can't pronounce things at all no i can tell you that i don't think it's however they're saying beatrice i was just gonna
0: say it sounds like they don't know how to say that but then i could be wrong i mean hey don't
1: you don't need to send us (laughs) pronunciations it's not gonna help
0: okay you know you you say this often where you're like don't at me don't send me this Uh no one ever does that but you're, you're laying the groundwork. You're saying, yeah, "Listen, because don't. We say don't." I see because yeah, you're threatening. We keep yeah. Yeah. yeah the, you're the, right. You're the right. The
1: guard. Up. Yes, you're That's a yeah. good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just let me live in my own imagination where we have I
0: absolutely will.
1: crowds just waiting <laughs> to teach me how to pronounce things. <laughs> what a weird thing to be worried about.
0: I absolutely will. Okay. Great. Perfect.
1: Well, We'll be back a couple weeks. Yeah, we will. With
0: 120. Yeah, we will. And in the meantime,
1: happy reading.
0: I'm up again. Same night. Another dream.